0: This is Getting Real Estate in Vegas, and you are uh, tuned into the Vegas Video Network. A special thanks not only to those of you who are logged in, but those of you who got this content off of iTunes, and um, especially to those of you who are taking advantage of uh, listening to us on the radio at KSHP AM 1400 uh, between 6 and 10 p.m. Thank you very much. Um, For those of us who who would like to get in contact with us, please keep in mind that you can send emails to us at gettingreal at vegasvideonetwork.com. You can also contact us through our toll-free listener line. The phone number there at the bottom of the screen is 866-966-4599. So there we go, we have gotten through um, the important stuff. We're going to tackle real estate from a Vegas point of view, and we are going to start with the latest uh, data on our market, the Friday figures. All right, it's not all bad, I promise. Um, All this information is from our local MLS system as of this morning. We do have 14,530 available units. That is up 19% year over year. Median price on houses is 135,000, which unfortunately is down 25% year over year. Median price on condos and townhomes is 62,000, also down, but only 20%. Um, of all of the availables, 3,360 are foreclosed properties. That is up 38% from last year. Median price, $100,000. We do also have 6,492 short sale properties available. That is up 25% from last year, median price 110. In addition, 4,675 non distressed properties. That's up 14% from last year, median price 180,000. Just like to take a moment to point out that that number has been going up. I'm very happy about it. But let's move on uh, to the number of homes sold in the last 30 days, which is 3,907, up 8% from last year, and um, I'd like to point out that that is without a home buyer tax credit, hooray. Median sales price on those properties was 111,000, which is down 15% from last year. Median list price on those properties was 115,000, down 13% from last year. In addition, we do have 13,823 properties that are contingent or pending, waiting to close. That number is down 14% from last year, mostly on better processing of short sales. 3,922 rentals with a median price of $1,100, 2,386 leased rentals with a median price of 1,150. Um, the number of rentals available is going up, but we still have less than two months' supply, which always makes me a little nervous. Now, we do have some news today, so let's get on with it. Foreclosure activity, you're going to like this one, is at a 42-month low. Now, that's the good news. The bad news is that Nevada is still number one. That is not good in this case. Um, Feds, this is interesting. They're saying that Bank of America has been actively hindering investigation into foreclosure fraud. Also, um, New York and Delaware are widening their probes into foreclosure fraud. And to me, the really exciting one, Michigan has offered, has uh, put up some criminal subpoenas as far as foreclosure fraud. I'm very much looking forward to seeing how this one works out. Last up, I do have some local news um, for those of you who've been following the case of um, Wright Haven. Wright Haven bought the right to sue, um, basically for misuse of intellectual property from our local newspaper. And this week, a federal judge basically smacked them down. Um, they were extremely aggressive. They were doing things that were, frankly, in violation of what everyone understands fair use to be about. And I'm very glad that the judge decided to see reason. Yeah. <laughs> that is getting applause here in the studio, and for those of you who have been following this case, I'm sure that you're happy about this as well. So then, Yeah?:
1: I know people who have been, yeah? <laughs> been sued by those guys.
0: That does not surprise me one bit. It's Um, bad news. Basically, because they have been so absurd about this whole thing, you know, they've been suing people for quoting two sentences. Absolutely absurd. Um, They have insisted that the only right way to quote the review journal is to quote the headline, link it, and then quote the entire first paragraph. You know, that's not how fair use works. I'm terribly sorry. It just doesn't. Ask any teenager who's ever had to put together a term theme if you don't understand what fair use and quotation is about. All right, moving on. (laughs) Um, This one dates back to a question I had a couple of weeks ago, which is how are people buying real estate in Las Vegas? So then, we told you a couple minutes ago that we've had 3,900 some odd close in the last 30 days. Today, I did some tinkering about in the system to find out how all those people paid for their property, and now I'm gonna tell you. This is not going to be a surprise to those of you who are locals or real estate professionals. Of the 3,900, over 1,900 of them were cash transactions. Yes, that's right, somebody did a wire transfer, transferred cash to the seller and called it done. Cash is king right now. There's less to go wrong, which is why sellers like it. Now, 800-some-odd were conventional financing. That's, you know, the kind of loan that your mom and dad had on real estate way back when. Um, It is hard to do with condominiums right now. It does involve 10 to 25 percent down and um, a 15 to 40-year period of paying back. I have only seen a 40-year note once, but it does exist. I just kind of wanted you to know that it exists. Um, If you're going to have less than 20% down, you are going to be required to pay something called mortgage insurance. It basically pays off the bank should should a foreclosure happen. Now another 800-some-odd were FHA transactions. That's the Federal Housing Administration, and they insure a bunch of loans. They require as little as 3.5% down, but there's nothing stopping you from paying as much as 20% down. It is restricted to owner occupants only. Can't do it with your vacation place, can't do it with, your, with uh, uh, an investment property. Don't do an FHA unless you plan to live there. Those are 15 to 30 year mortgages. Um, they are assumable, which is really the, the, the big thing here, Again, if you do less than 20%, you're gonna be talking about mortgage insurance. And if you are trying to buy a condo, they must be on on an approved list run by HUD. That's the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Now, just under 200 of those transactions were VA loans, the Veterans Administration. Now those are restricted to veterans of our armed forces, Army, Navy, Marines, uh, um, Coast Guard, um, National Guard, um, as little as zero percent down. So that is really the important part there. They are 30-year notes and they are assumable. Again, that means that if you find somebody in the future that wants to buy your house and is qualified, you can basically sign over the rest of the mortgage to them, they make payments, and you're pretty much done. Now, right now I'm going to deal with a wastebasket of other things here, just to demonstrate how little we're talking about. 3,900 houses, right? So exactly nine of them were sold at various auctions, such as Red Sea. Not a lot of action here, despite all of the noise. Two of them, one two, were exchanges. Now, I just want that to sink in. Only two people were willing to trade their property for something else somewhere else. This is not happening a lot. There were 18 cases where the owner was willing to carry, where basically um, the owner was willing to finance part or all of the transaction. Also, not a very big number. There was exactly one lease option. See, I paused to let that one sink in too, just to let you know how rare it is. And there are 28 that I am going to call other. This doesn't include assuming the loan. We were talking about um, the fact that that is possible on some loans a few minutes ago, but again, not a big thing. So of all of the ways to purchase a property, we're talking less than 50 did something other than cash or some sort of traditional loan product. Please keep this in mind. Now, another thing, before I move on, I want to let you know that this does not include, uh, or um, excuse me, there is not a way to track home paths separately that's buried somewhere in those numbers, and no data is available at all on down, down payment assistance programs. Yes, they still exist, but you should ask your mortgage consultant about it, and I understand that we have some questions.
1: Yeah, Jeff uh, had a mention, or I mentioned this on the uh, live chat, that Wells Fargo announced closing down the reverse mortgage due to property uh, may still go down in value. Do you have an opinion yourself on on whether you think property values are going to go down, and if so, how much?
0: Well, I'll be honest. I'm looking for a bottom sometime next year, probably uh, summer to fall, maybe as late as winter. I, I think that we're not going to have a full bottom until we're really done with the foreclosure mess. And that's, that's starting to unravel. The states are starting to, to you know, put their foot down. The feds are starting to put their foot down. So I do see light at the end of the tunnel that I'm pretty sure isn't a train. But um, no, we're, we're not quite done dropping yet. And uh, as far as reverse mortgages, they're a very interesting product. Again, because it does not involve the sale of a house, I am not an expert on them. So do we have any other questions? All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break for station identification before we come back with real advice.
1: <laughs> Hi, I'm Chris Phillips from Talk Tales, and you're watching the Vegas Video Network. And if you stop by the studio, our producer Scott's going to buy everybody a drink.
0: looks like a lot of fun, looking forward to it. So then, we're going to go on to real advice here, and the thing I want to talk about today is writing purchase offers that get accepted. It's very discouraging to write purchase offer after purchase offer to have nothing happen, so let me give you a couple of keys to hopefully put you on the right path and get get accepted the first time, hopefully. All right, the first thing I need you to do is make yourself aware of the current trends in your local market and and the segment of the market that you're in. So say that you're interested in a cheap home, you need to know are those homes bidding up? Are they staying on the market a while? Um, If you're interested in a big home, how are those selling? Are they selling at a discount to smaller properties? How much is coming off? All of these little things are things that you need to be aware of so please ask your realtor before you settle on a purchase price. My next tip is don't offer more than you think the property is worth to you. Keep in mind that other people are going to have different ideas about what it's worth to them. I don't want you to get caught up in house fever. Don't, you know, get involved in a bidding frenzy and end up spending tens of thousands of dollars more than you wanted to spend. That is bad for you in the long run. So uh, be aware, you know, multiple offer situations do happen even in down markets. That is especially true here in Las Vegas. Um, Another thing, since everybody has heard about uh, how bank-owned homes and short sales are selling at a discount, I want you to remember that the list price that is on that listing is the discounted price. Just because you hear that the bank owned homes are selling for 25% off does not mean that you can offer 25% off and get an accepted offer. So let's go ahead and take a question. A couple questions here.
1: Um. Thank you, Jacob. That was lovely of you. (laughs) By the way, ladies and gentlemen, Jacob Cannon right there. Nice. Hi, Jacob. (laughs) Uh, Jeff wants to know, Bridget, if you had $125,000 to invest, Mm -hmm. what would you do? Buy a couple condos or would you buy a single family house? How would you play that?
0: Oh, you know, I think I'd keep both options open. A lot would depend on whether I had cash or whether I was looking to finance something. If I had cash, I would I'd certainly consider two condos, but they'd have to be in a great location and in great condition with no weird things going on with the condo association. I think it'd be easier to buy one single family home, in which case it would be a three or four bedroom, at least two baths, single story because it's going to hold value better, and absolutely no pool. That's my own opinion, and I'm sticking to it. We had another question?
1: Okay, first of all, we will not be inviting you to the Whitney Villa pool party. Oh, uh, I'm not pool, planning
0: on renting your pool, place.
1: Pool hater. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I
0: love pools. I have one myself, but on a rental property, you don't want the liability.
1: Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Maya wants to know, uh, can you get an appraisal for a house before you make an offer?
0: Rarely. Um, There are two cases where you kind of know what the appraisal is up front, and let me kind of outline what they are. The first one is that if you are buying a home from HUD, that's the Department of Housing and Urban Development, keep in mind that that's what happens when an FHA loan gets foreclosed upon, basically HUD sets the price at what it was appraised at. Um, That appraisal is generally good for 90 days. Um, There is a little bit of lag from when they ordered it to when they put it in the MLS, but it's not worth worrying about. The other case is on Fannie Mae homes. They, again, follow a very similar procedure where that list price is going to start off being very close to the appraisal price. So there are clues in the listing if you know where to look and it's the right kind of listing. Do we have anything else or are we going on? Great, okay. So then, speaking of banks and Fannie Mae and all of those other wonderful institutional sellers, I'd like you to keep in mind that all of them, when they are considering your offer, they do not just look at the purchase price. They look at the amount of money they're walking away with at the end. What this means to you is that if you want, need them to cover part of your closing costs, if you need them to buy you a home warranty, if you need them to do, pick in any money beyond what that top number is, consider raising your offer to include it. So, for example, $100,000 home, you need 3% towards closing costs, offer 103 It's a good strategy and it does work. Sometimes a few dollars, five dollars is the difference between a backup offer and an accepted offer. So keep it in mind. Now as far as short sales go, offers have to be double good. Now what the heck do you mean by that, Bridget? Uh, What I mean is they have to be approved twice. First off, the seller has to approve the offer and then the bank has to approve it too. Now, the seller doesn't particularly give a darn what the price is because they're not going to make a dime off of it anyway, but the bank does. They want to lose as little money as, pro- as possible. So if you seriously want a short sale, make an offer that it's not only going to be good for the seller, but it's going to be good for the bank. So we have some more questions?
1: Yes, we do. Uh, Jeff question. wants to know, uh, on average, uh, what kind of rent do you think you would get for a $125,000 house here? Or-
0: oh you know what that is a great question a lot depends on location 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 i think it's entirely reasonable for a three-bedroom that sold for around 125 to be leasing around 1050 to 1400 depends a lot on some little details you cannot know um, without talking about a specific property
1: and, Maya okay. wants to know, if, you, if an appraisal comes back for less than you offered, yes. can you make another offer without a counter?
0: Well, what generally happens in these situations is you and your agent and the seller and their agent have to come to some sort of meeting of minds. Generally, what this means is that um, either the seller will agree to take less money, or you will agree to pay the difference between the appraised price and the um, price that you signed on the dotted line for at closing, basically a much larger down payment. I have seen it go both ways, so please consider both options. It does require a little bit of flexibility. Obviously, if we are talking about a private seller, you have a lot more flexibility than if you are talking about an institutional seller, such as a bank. All right then. So my next point, and unfortunately, this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, is cash is king. Uh, With certain very limited exceptions, uh, property sellers love cash offers. Why do they love cash offers? They love cash offers because there's less to go wrong. There's no appraisal to go wrong. There's no um, contingencies from the bank to go wrong. The bank can't come back and say, okay, yeah, yeah, you can close, but you've got to fix the roof. Um, The bank isn't going to come back and say, yeah, yeah, we'll close, but we need 10 years of tax returns, or or, "I'm, I'm making things up, but you can see where this is going. Sometimes the mortgage banks have very, very picky things that they want in the week before close that will drive you nuts, and if you have a cash offer, those are all things you don't have to worry about because there isn't a mortgage company. Now, there is kind of an exception to this rule, and that is that if you are bidding on a Fannie Mae home and you're not bidding cash, HomePath is preferable to all other kinds of financing. And the last point I'm going to make, this is gonna sound strange, the cleaner your offer, the better. Now, I'm not talking about refraining from drawing daisies in the margins of your purchase (laughs) offer, although I think that does go without saying. So what, what on earth do I mean by clean? I mean two things. First off, make sure that offer is as, as clear a copy as you can manage. If you can save a fax, if you can save a scan by hand carrying your documents to your listing agent or signing them in his or her office, then, then you have saved someone a lot of eye strain later. I know that sounds very picky, but particularly with short sales and often with bank-owned deals, that piece of paper is going to get faxed back and forth many times, and each time it gets faxed is going to get less and less clear. Um, I guess we have a question?
1: Yeah, one last question before we wrap up the show. Bob wants to know, are there many multi-unit investment properties available here in Las Vegas?
0: I'll be honest that is an area that I do not generally work in Um, we have a very limited number of duplexes and quads things of that nature most of them are a little older because that's just not the way we've gone here in Vegas As far as buying an entire apartment complex, that is something that you would want to discuss with someone who specializes in commercial real estate. And unfortunately, I am a specialist in residential real estate, so I can't really help you as much as I'd like. So um, as uh, I, I was mentioning that I meant clean offer in two ways. The other way that I meant it is to add as few catches as possible. Don't ask for closing costs. Don't ask them to do this, that, and the next thing. Don't make it seem like you might be a pain in the butt to work with. Nobody likes a pain in the butt. So then that does bring me to the end of what I wanted to share with you today. But I sure do hope that you had a great time and learned a whole bunch. Now remember to go ahead and get a hold of us at real at Vegas Video or call our toll-free listener line. That's 866 4599 If you have a personal real estate question that I can help you with, go ahead and get my contact information off of bridgetmagnus.com. And otherwise, I hope you have a terrific weekend. Stay cool, everybody.